Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode 61 of Grow Bud Yourself podcast. We have a great show for you guys today. A grow special for the home cannabis cultivator. First, Mike and I are going to talk about some of the some of the news, and then we're going to get into our grow segment with our strain of the fortnight and how to have cloning success. Our sponsors are Sweet Leaf, Rocket Seeds, and Excelsior Extracts. Stick around for episode 61 of Grow Bud Yourself. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back, and as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. This is episode 61. We got a great show for you guys, tons of grow stuff uh, coming up in the cultivation segment. Uh, first, we want to talk about some things. First, we got to just do the obvious. 61, Highway 61 Revisited, possibly the greatest and most important uh, album of all time. Bob Dylan, a, an hey, American Bob. icon. God said to Abraham, kill me his son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you could do what you want, Abe, but the next time you see me coming, you better run. Yeah, out on Highway 61, greatest songwriter in American, in the American canon, as far as I, I'm concerned. So that's 61. Uh, I am Danny. He is Mike. And, uh... We hope to teach you how to grow your own cannabis at home for your personal use. That's what we do here, yeah. But we also like to keep everybody uh, up to date on the latest happenings in the world of weed. So uh, we'll just maybe run down some of the big stories that caught our eye over the last few days. And, uh, well, the big one is this big bust out in Southern California. Uh, Apparently the largest bust in the L.A. County Sheriff's Department history they they seized 16 tons of cannabis, which they estimate to be worth about 1.2 billion. But of course, you know these law enforcement estimates are not always accurate. 16 tons of pot. He <laughs> hauls 16 tons, and what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. <laughs> Indeed, this was a big operation. 22 felony arrests, 109 misdemeanor arrests. 200 locations got hit with search warrants. They seized 375,000 pot plants, as well as 33,480 pounds of harvested weed. They're saying that this, uh, these grows are the work of the cartels. And one uh, mayor, the mayor of Lancaster, California, uh, Rex Paris, said this. Uh, this is the cartels. 
we are very close to driving down the freeway and seeing bodies hanging from the overpasses. That is what's coming. End quote. So that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, I mean, imagine the amount of time that they're wasting with these busts. It's cr pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. you know, tracking hundreds of people and all these different locations all over a plant. It's really just so sad and ridiculous that, you know, people's lives are being ruined. And you know, and the only reason these people are, are involved is because there's money in it. And the more, you know, it just it's so frustrating because the more you grow, the cheaper it gets. And, and it just uh, I just can't believe that, you know, all these resources and all this time and effort is still being used to generate busts in California, in where, California. Cannabis, yeah, where cannabis yeah. is legal. It's, you know, it's just ridiculous. And I don't really understand how the cartel could be still making money growing in California anyway. I mean, it. I would imagine that, that you know, that's getting shipped out of Cali to somewhere else. And, you know, you're better off just growing it <laughs> at that at that location rather than, uh, than, you know, breaking those interstate laws and all of that as well as you know, the cultivation and everything else. So yeah, it's another, you know, another one of those things where it just sucks for everyone involved. And uh, my heart goes out to, you know, the growers that just got caught up in this. Yeah, it, it is crazy, you know, especially given that it's California, which has had some kind of legal cannabis market since 1996. Um, but in LA County, they're they appear to be really significantly going after illegal grows. Just so far this year in 2021, they've identified 500 illegal cannabis grows compared to just 150 they discovered all of last year. So they're they're starting to look for them. And it's just really weird that the drug war continues even in states that have, have fully legalized. Yeah, you know, indeed, because, you know, my idea is if the if if you can go to the store and buy cannabis, you should be able to grow it and you should be able to uh, not have to fear getting busted for growing it in that situation. So it, it is, and I feel the same way about all the, you know, our states here on the East Coast as well. It's like once these laws change, uh, you know, it's, it's who, who's going to go to jail for growing without a license when uh, other people are growing with a license. I just, I, I think it's ridiculous. And I think uh, there's no such thing anymore as, in those places as uh, illegal cannabis. It's just unlicensed cannabis, you know, and that's right. ultimately what it is. It's just no one went and paid for the license. It's like fishing without a license or anything else. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. Yeah. I, I don't think we should need a license to grow flowers uh, for our personal use in our home. So it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, that's the state that we're in, basically. Uh, the stage of the end of cannabis prohibition is such that, you know, things are wildly different in all these different states. And also, uh, you know, you can still get busted for it where it's legal, which is kind of silly. Indeed. Let's move on to Illinois, where uh, that state is getting its very first cannabis consumption lounge. Uh, right. It's going to be called the, yeah, it's going to be called the Luna Lounge. And it's slated to open in a town called Cesar, which is about 300 miles south of Chicago. It's strictly uh, bring your own buds, so they're not going to sell any cannabis, but they will uh, rent bongs. They'll sell papers and pipes. They'll have music and stand-up comedy and charge a $4.20 cover charge. So what do you think, man? Consumption lounges starting off. Excellent. You know, sounds like my kind of place. I've been to uh, so many of these over the years, uh, starting obviously with 
Amsterdam and the coffee shops and the social clubs in Spain and uh, in Oregon, the, uh, uh, the world-famous Cannabis Cafe and the Tetra Hydro Club in Rhode Island and uh, Vehicle City Social in Flint, Michigan. Uh, all these places are like my home away from home. And, you know, we might even have a couple here around New York uh, that are frequented also by people um, from, you know, the underground, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of cool, you know, that this, the speakeasy, smokeasy kind of vibe, you know, you kind of got to know somebody and be a member of this private club. And it's, it, it adds an air of, of mystery and mystique to, uh, something that, <laughs> you know, that's losing some of that in many places. So I, I'm fully in support of consumption lounges. I think it's very important that we have a place to gather together and enjoy this uh, wonderful healing flower and this sacred medicine. So, uh, so much better than, you know, the bar where people are getting into fights and, and arguments and, and all kinds of, you know, yelling and screaming. And uh, instead, I think in all of these places, I've never seen anyone even raise their voice. <laughs> you know, it's almost always just people chilling, having fun, people from all walks of life, uh, religions, creeds, colors, uh, ages, it's languages, you know, cannabis, you can make friends with anywhere in the world with it. So I'm hoping that this is something that spreads all over the country and all over the world, because, um, we need these places. Many of them are, are, are hubs for, for artists and people that are creative people who don't want to go to the bar and drown their sorrows with alcohol. They want to be at a consumption lounge and, and consume cannabis with like-minded individuals. And I think it makes perfect sense. It's totally civilized and I love it. And I can't wait to, uh, to go to a legal one here in New York and everywhere else. Yeah, for sure. So that's uh, Illinois. Let's move over to Ohio, where it turns out uh, marijuana really can kill you if you swallow a bag of it and choke to death on it. That nearly happened to a 24-year-old Ohio man who was pulled over by a state trooper for speeding and then he swallowed a baggie that contained one gram of weed. So the trooper performed the Heimlich maneuver on this guy, and he dislodged the bag, saved his life, and then the guy got a summons for misdemeanor marijuana possession. So the, <laughs> wow. this dude was initially stopped for speeding and not wearing a seatbelt. And uh, so that's just a reminder to everybody, one crime at a time. But just don't swallow bags of weed if all it's going to get you is a misdemeanor summons. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's a bit excessive uh, of, of a route to take, I would imagine. But I, I feel bad for the guy uh, no. or gal, you know, for almost choking to death over something mm -hmm. that really should not have even been a, a, an issue at all. Yeah, in some cases, sometimes you just want to take the lumps. You know, if it's a gram in your possession, it's a misdemeanor. Yeah, you know. I guess just it's it's better than choking to death i would imagine just yeah. to get your summons or your fine or whatever um they're not going to lock you up uh in ohio for 30 years for a gram right. no but in, in in there are places where they will throw you in jail for 30 years for a gram so mm. in those places be very very cautious and careful and try to just avoid going to those places altogether like alabama Exactly. We spoke about that last week. Yeah, Families getting their totally. children taken away for possession of cannabis is, is horrifying. 
Uh, okay, so let's just do one more of these. Um, and this one, as as we reported last week here, uh, U.S. Olympic sprinter Shakari Richardson, she was suspended from competition because she failed the drug test, even though she was using pot in a legal cannabis state. But in response to that incident, uh, 18 members of Congress have condemned the suspension, and they called on the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency to change their pot policy. The congressional group wants the USADA to remove pot from its banned substances list. I say no shit, but what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's ridiculous that this woman's dream was crushed over consumption of cannabis. Uh, I have vowed on, on Twitter not to watch a single second of the Olympics. Uh, which sucks because there's skateboarding in the Olympics now. There's like sports I actually care about, uh, and normally I would watch, you know, uh, the Olympics. It's it's a it's an interesting thing to experience and and part you know be a part of. And I just think uh, the 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 best tweet I read was uh, from uh, Sarah Lazarus on Twitter. She says, uh, "You can't have an Olympics with no spectators where the fastest woman is in timeout for smoking weed. That's actually a PE class." <laughs> which I thought was very funny. And I think our, our old colleague, Craig Coffey, had a great idea, too. Uh, he thinks that a cannabis company uh, should basically create an event out of this at a track and, and you know, turn, turn this into a thing where you hire Shikari to come, pay her to run simultaneously as that um, event is happening in Japan uh, and beat the record here and hopefully televise that and have more people watching her beating the record, um, all the publicity and everything that comes with, uh, you know, being a part of something like that, that would help normalize cannabis use by athletes and all of, all of that. I think it would make it make for a great event. So if you have a cannabis company out there, um, and you want to do that and compete with the Olympics, I would happily promote it and watch it and hopefully even attend it if I could. But I think that would be an amazing way, uh, to turn this pretty awful situation, for her particularly into something uh, where uh, the plant could benefit and she could benefit and even that company could, could get some publicity out of it as well. And, you know, the truth is I, I would wa rather watch her run the faster race at a cannabis event, hopefully, you know, after just after smoking on some cannabis and then uh, and then actually, you know, take some of the, the, the shine or the uh, attention away from that race you know, as punishment for them kicking her out. And I think, you know, that's the way to go. And I, our, I remember this happened to Ross Rabagliati as well, the uh, Canadian snowboarder years ago, also in Japan, where he won the gold and then it was taken away from him after he tested positive. We should have him on the show sometime just to talk about how archaic these rules are, this, these Olympic Committee rules where cannabis is, is worse than um, all these other things that you can put into your body. Yeah, sort of like America. Yeah, that is really I do have good, to uh, say, uh, vamos Argentina. Uh, they play in the Copa tomorrow against Brazil. So Messi versus Neymar. Um, I'm hoping Messi wins. I'm hoping Argentina wins. And I, uh, you guys will know, I guess, when this is out, <laughs> what the outcome of that was. But uh, that's who I'm rooting for. All right, there you go. And uh, I should say that that is a very good idea by our old friend Craig Coffey, although I imagine he only came up with it because he wanted something else to gamble on. But shouts to Craig anyhow. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so that's a look at what's going on in the world of cannabis. Um, but we, we have an incredible cultivation segment in this episode, including a strain of the Fortnite and Danny's grow tip. Indeed, I'll be talking about uh, cloning and uh, why, why use clones and mother plants and how to successfully root cannabis cuttings. Right on. So uh, what do you think, man? Should we, just, should we just get on with it? Yeah, let's take a break and come back with the grow. If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out rocketseeds.com today and get growing. Yes, this is a Fortnite. And yes, this is a Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. What do you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. All right. All right. <laughs> I love hearing that. <laughs> it's so great, you know, and it's like uh you know, uh, one of our listeners made that for us, which is really cool. Gunja Gonzalez. Yes. That's thank right. you, Gunja. Gunja. So, yeah, man, we're hearing that tune. And that, of course, means it is time for our strain of the fortnight. So what do you got, man? Yes. So this week's strain is from official Mary Jane's Garden on Instagram, available at Rocket Seeds. So uh, give them a follow at Rocket underscore Seeds. Uh, and official Mary Jane's Garden. Um, the strain is Gorilla Mint Feminized. Um, this is a cross of two pretty well-known strains, the Thin Mint Girl Scout Cookies and uh, Gorilla Glue. So that's what makes it the, uh, the Gorilla Mint. And very interesting hybrid and available, by the way, at Rocket Seeds. You, there's a brand new code we have now, uh, which is GBY10, which actually gives you 10% off of uh, every strain at Rocket Seeds. So uh, pretty good deal there. GBY10, when you check out, uh, will get you your 10% discount. Um, Gorilla Mint Feminized, uh, it's a hybrid, leaning a little on the sativa side, but really kind of right down there in the middle. Uh, definitely a good one if you really like, uh, uh, you know, like a calm, tranquil buzz. Uh, it's really... Uh, if you've tried the, you know, the Gorilla Glue and the Thin Mints, you kind of know what you're going to be getting uh, with the GG4 and the uh, uh, Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies. It's going to have that uh, kind of fruity flavor. It's going to also have some earthiness to it. Uh, definitely, like I said, there's a sativa influence, so you're not going to get overwhelmingly drowsy. Uh, you're definitely going to have kind of a 
a, a dreamy effect. It's very, very much head and body, um, which is nice and a great flavor. Uh, definitely relaxes the temples, treats uh, depression and anxiety really well. Um, it's not super strong in the way that both of those parents are. It's It doesn't have the, a huge THC level, which for some people is actually pretty good. Uh, for sure, if you have like the you know, panic attacks and, and paranoia and that sort of thing. Uh, this is a strain you can definitely enjoy. Uh, the flavor is, uh, like I said, it starts starts off pretty fruity, but it's got like a earthiness to it on the back end, uh, which I, I happen to like that a lot. Um, growing it, uh, you know, it's definitely a little lot more on the sativa side. It likes uh, hot tropical sun if you're doing it outdoors. Uh, it, you know the the leaves absorb a lot of it. They're they're fairly thin. Uh, you get some really nice uh, amber pistils um, that form uh, on the colas. So it is really a pretty strain as well. Uh, I really love the Gorilla Mint. Uh, so check it out at Rocket Seeds. Uh, give them a follow on Instagram Rocket underscore Seeds, and check out Official Mary Jane's Garden as well because that's who is the breeder uh, of our strain of the Fortnite. Gorilla Mint Feminized. All right, so uh, yeah, that was Strain of the Fortnite. And uh, now it is time for a little cultivation knowledge. Each week, our listeners know that Danny likes to take on a topic that will help you become a better grower. So what are we covering this week? Yes, so I want to talk a little bit about cloning this week. It's uh, an important subject. I know we've talked about it before, uh, but it's something very uh, vital and important for growers uh, that aren't always growing from seed. So if you want to be self-sufficient, if you want to grow the same thing over and over, if you want that level canopy in your growing space, particularly indoors, um, at some point you're going to want to have a mother plant and be able to take clones. It's just, uh, you know, otherwise you're basically at the mercy of whatever seeds you can make or whatever seeds you can buy, which is fine. But uh, again, those things are going to perform in different ways and show you different phenotypes, even from the same pack of seeds. So, uh, and you know, clones for the beginners, uh, are exact replicas of the mother plants that they're taken from. Uh, so that's why people, you know, pr appreciate the benefits of cloning. Uh, and what cloning is, is cutting off of a growing branch from that mother plant, uh, and, basically forcing roots to grow from the cut end. Um, this way you can turn one plant into uh, 40, 50 or more. And uh, it's, you know, this cloning has been around since before cannabis, you know, farming uh, became popular and all of that. It's been done um, with a lot of different other plants as well. Um, not all plants will root from clone, obviously, but uh, many will. Uh, so, but cannabis is, uh, really it, depending on the strain too because some clones uh some strains will will root uh quicker than others uh some strains are a little tougher to clone uh and so you know we've talked about seeds but clones are basically uh rooted cuttings and uh the other thing is is if you have a mother plant of something that you really love uh, like i said you just keep keep growing it time and time again and the key is basically to create the right environment for those cut ends. So there's a few things you need to know about uh, creating the right environment and also how to basically succeed at cloning. Because this one thing uh, that I've seen a lot of people have a lot of issues with because they're not 
creating the perfect environment or using the right tools. So um, choosing the medium that you grow in is important. Uh, one of the super easy and obvious ones is rock wool uh, because it does allow uh, air to get to the cut end and keep it moist as well. Uh, it's almost like the perfect balance, but there's uh, great organic alternatives to rock wool uh, that you can use, and I highly recommend that as well, as long as um, you know you provide the right environment. So that's the important thing too. I like the trays that you can buy. They're very cheap. They have clear plastic domes. Uh, I like putting a heat mount underneath them uh, to basically warm the uh, space. You need basically the keys to cloning uh, is high humidity and warmth so you want that space inside that cloning uh, tray to be humid and warm and so um, but there's also a delicate balance there you, you don't want it over 100 degrees obviously and you don't want it at 100 uh, percent relative humidity i say you know 60 to 80 uh, relative humidity percentages and uh, approximately 75 degrees or so fahrenheit uh, is about right so Basically, uh, that warmth and humidity should be the highest priority. Uh, don't let them get cold. Don't let them get dry. Uh, it's really important. And if there's too much humidity, that can cause uh, mold or rot. So one thing I do is cut like a hole in that clear dome, uh, a hole on each end, basically about the size of a quarter, just to let some airflow in there and not have it be too stagnant, uh, which can cause issues. Now. Uh, you want a growing shoot with at least three sets of leaves, uh, and you make the cut with a very sharp non-serrated blade. I like razor blades for this. Uh, you can use uh, box cutters. I've seen people use all kinds of things. Uh, but a nice sharp razor blade uh, is ideal. You want to cut at about a 45 degree angle just below that third or fourth node. That's where the leaves meet the stem. You cut below that cut that first leaf off entirely using your razor blade and that cut area is where the node is and where that cut end is is where your roots are going to pop out of uh, now if you need to cut another leaf off further up the stem you can do that as well that may help you get that down into the medium as long as you're leaving that top there and some fan leaves and like i said at least three to four nodes there uh, and then you have to be very careful you don't want to let that cut end be in the air at all for any prolonged period of time. So uh, some people will take a bunch of clones and just put them into uh, a, a cup of uh, basically uh, room temperature or slightly warmer uh, water with a little bit of cloning solution added. Whatever you do, uh, don't let that cut end sit in the air for any uh, period of time more than just a few seconds. Uh, I like uh, cloning gel or powder so you can dip the clone the cut end about uh i'd say about an inch or so whatever's going to be in your medium uh dip that into your cloning gel or powder uh and then put it into your growing medium you have to be pretty gentle here depending on the thickness of the stem that you have because it's pretty easy uh to jam it in there and break the stem i've, I've done that multiple times and it's pretty annoying especially if you have a real healthy nice cut um, there's ways to get over that as well when you make another cut and, and try to root that clone a little bit higher up. But ideally you just want to be real gentle, uh, and within about eight to 14 days under a fluorescent light, 
and of course kept moist uh, with a pH, somewhat pH balanced, slightly acidic, so 6.0 to 6.5 uh, water, or I like to use basically a mild nutrient solution, very mild. I mean, quarter strength of anything that's recommended. Uh, and you will see roots, white roots poking out of the bottom of your medium. And at that point, you're basically ready to transplant your clones into cups or larger containers. Uh, and at that point, you can kind of consider them like seedlings uh, that you grew out to that same sort of height. Uh, once they've developed a decent enough root system, they will grow basically just like a seedling. So uh, just remember those things, a sharp blade, uh, high humidity, uh, warmth, and uh, keep all that stuff in place until those roots pop out and you will be ready to go with your cuttings. Um, place them uh, under your grow lights at that point and consider that the beginning of your vegetative stage. All right, excellent grow tip. And now it is time, as we do each week, to take some questions from our listeners. And if you have a question that you would like answered, uh, get in touch with us. You could reach us by email. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, also on the socials. So what do you say we dive in? Let's do it. Okay, great. Let's start it off with uh, Messina, who writes, I'm growing an auto-flowering plant, and where I live, it gets very hot during the summer months. Here in northwestern Arizona, it could reach 120 degrees during the day. I'm growing in a gorilla tent with an advanced platinum 650-watt LED light. To mitigate the heat in the tent, I'd like to use a 15-9-hour light cycle. Will I have good results? So what do you think, Dan? 15-9. Yeah, um, you know, I normally recommend for auto-flowering plants uh, basically 18 hours on, six hours off of light throughout the entire cycle. So that includes the flowering period because the plant is an auto. Now, you can go down to 15 uh, hours of light and nine hours of darkness. Uh, you're going, going to be reducing the amount of light per day by three hours uh, by doing that. So your plants aren't going to grow to their full potential, but they will still flower and produce uh, cannabis for you. So uh, you know, if you're reducing just those three hours per day, you're still going to have a pretty high heat in your, in your tent. So the temperatures during the daytime or during your daytime light cycle are still going to be excessive unless you find a way to cool your tent. So even as simple as just putting an air conditioner in the room that the tent is in, uh, if you have central air, even better, but there's, you know, you really need to bring that temperature in the tent. Uh, below 80 degrees and if it's 120 outside that's really hard to do uh, but typically people in Arizona do have air conditioning in their homes and hopefully uh, you can bring that temperature down uh, it's a good thing you're using an LED and not uh, an HID light because those produce a lot more heat so um, good luck and like I said you can reduce the heat that also has the added benefit of reducing your electrical costs as well by those three hours uh, but with an LED, they're pretty efficient, uh, so that's not going to be too much. With an HID, that would be uh, somewhat, you know, it would add up after you know, 60 days of three hours a day. Uh, would certainly add up electricity usage-wise, but um, not so much with the uh, advanced platinum LED that you mentioned. So uh, you can still grow your plants uh, with that 15 hours of light, so uh, good luck and, and keep on growing. 
All right, excellent. Thank you, Messina. Let's go to Stan from Virginia, who writes, Hey there, fellas. Hope all is well. Uh, thanks again for all that you do. I started some seeds to germinate on the first day of legalized home grow in Virginia. Uh, they popped very quickly, but I think I've created a problem. Hoping you can confirm. Uh, specifically, all four of my very small seedlings have browning on the leaf tips, and two appear very stunted. I started them in rock wool under a dome and a fluorescent at a reasonable height. I read somewhere to use water at a pH of 5.5 to counteract the naturally high pH of rock wool. So that's what I did, but I also sprayed the plants to keep humidity up. No newts are involved, so that's not the issue. So what do you think? Did I just burn the babies with acidic water? Is it possible bad genetics? I've moved them into a tent in 5-gallon mesh containers with good pH soil. Uh, watered around 6 pH last night. Two indica heavy hybrids are looking very rough. The two sativa heavy hybrids are just showing some brown spots, so not as bad off. So, uh, other than wanting to know what he might have messed up, Stan from Virginia also asks, uh, is there any chance they'll bounce back, or should I just start over with closer to neutral water at the seedling stage? I'd rather fight through this than give up in the interest of time for what that's worth. Thanks again, you guys are the best. So what do you think, Dan? What, do you, what would you say to Stan? Yeah, this is an interesting one because he talks about the uh, browning of the leaf tips, uh, which you know typically uh, would be uh, overfeeding, would be too much nitrogen and basically overfeeding the plants. But he says it, there's no newts involved, so that's not the issue. Uh, then you know two of the plants appear very stunted and also have spots on the leaves. So it could be that the P, you know the pH of that water uh, was off. It could be the quality of the water uh, that does cause brown spots sometimes. If there's uh, basically just bad water with with uh, chlorine and things like that, uh, 5.5 is not really too low for you know hydroponics in rock wool. So I don't see that that could be the issue. Although when you spray to keep humidity up, if you're spraying while the light is on. Uh, and the room is at its hottest. Uh, you will, you can, you can get spots and issues from that, where the droplets of water are magnifying the light, basically, and burning the leaves. So that's a possibility as well. Now, it does seem like they could bounce back, especially because, uh, you know, you moved them into a tent, you put them into soil, uh, you you watered with, you know, six p, you know, six point zero pH. Uh, I would say. Give them some time to bounce back and recover. If they don't, you'd start over. If they do, keep on going and see what happens. Because, you know, one of the things about cannabis is it is a very resilient plant. And if it's not some crazy bad infestation and it's just something wrong at, at the root zone or the leaf zone, um, once that problem turns around, the plant can bounce back pretty quick. So I do think that uh, you should give it some time and just see uh, how the plant performs in the next week to two weeks or so. Uh, if you see fresh new growth that's healthy and green, I would say stick with it. And if you don't, I would say, uh, you know, start over. But a very interesting question. And uh, thank you, Stan. Indeed. Yes. Thank you, Stan. And uh, let's move on to Mark K. Ooh, maybe that's Mark Knopfler from the Dire Straits. What do you think? Wow, that would be amazing. Money Probably for nothing. Not, uh... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Sultan's yeah. a swing? My goodness. Sultan's a swing. Great guitar player. Uh, okay, so Mark K. writes, I have a deep water culture hydroponic bucket system, and my plants are less than two feet tall at nine weeks. I just purchased a total dissolved solids TDS meter and discovered that our tap water is around 900 ppm. I think my plants are suffering from root lock. Will they thrive once I get my TDS problem under control? So what, what would you say to Mark Knopfler? Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would say uh, you're a guitar god, and I really appreciate all, everything you've done. So thank you, Mark. Uh, dire Straits and solo work, just outstanding. Romeo and Juliet is one of the greatest love songs god. of all time. So that whole album. Thank you, Mark. Just incredible. The uh, making movies. Yeah, uh, Brothers at Arms. Yeah, making oh, yeah. movies and Brothers in Arms. I mean, yeah, the guy's amazing. I'm, I'm a fan of his entire catalog. <laughs> I, I want to just make sure everyone knows that this is not Mark Knopfler who's writing us. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just want to make sure Mark that's K. clear. But I do have to say that 900 is the highest parts per million level of dissolved solids in tap water that I've ever heard of. I, that's, I've, I've heard of 300, 400, uh, even creeping up to close to 500, but 900 is crazy, and I'm... I wonder, you know, if that's well water or if that's uh, reservoir water, how, how it's getting up so high without anything being added to it. So my recommendation is you need to invest in reverse osmosis technology. This is water purification uh, using reverse osmosis or RO, as we call it, uh, basically cleans your water uh, almost down to zero parts per million. And then you add your nutrients to that. At uh, It's almost like... Uh, clearing the palate and just having it starting from scratch because even though there is some micronutrients and things that are helpful when you have that type of parts per million in there calcium and things like that uh, it's there's a lot of other bad stuff in there that you don't need so I would say uh, either change your water uh, use distilled water uh, which can be somewhat expensive but uh, or or invest in, in reverse osmosis water purification technology and uh, that way you'll know you're starting from scratch and your plants will recover and they'll enjoy a happy and healthy life. All right. Very good. We, we hope that helps you out there, Mark K. Maybe Mark Knopfler. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have, but uh, we will take another question about clones in the, uh, the Patreon bonus section. But for now, that is going to do it. Uh, thanks to everybody who wrote in. And if you have a question that you would like answered on the show, you could reach us at info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, we're going to take a little break, then come back and wrap this sucker up. Let's do it. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. So check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweet Leaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. All Patreon supporters also receive free Sweet Leaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweet Leaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. Thank you.
All right, welcome back, and it's the wrap. And I just have to say thank you to all of our sponsors, Sweet Leaf Nutrients. Uh, the code there is Danko15 for 15% off everything they sell, including the nutrients and much more. Uh, Rocket Seeds, uh, the code, brand new code, is GBY10 for 10% off. Also site-wide on Rocket Seeds, so all the seeds are 10% off if you use that code, GBY10. And uh, Excelsior Extracts, uh, follow them on Instagram. Uh, their THC-infused pain relief rub is amazing and works wonders as a topical uh, with, with great, uh, great effect. So, uh, and also Vapor.com. Uh, we got a brand new code with them. Uh, grow bud yourself 20 for 20 percent off everything site wide so if you're looking to buy a peak or a volcano or any kind of accessories rolling papers cbd stuff they got it all and we have a new code uh for a rare 20 percent off of everything they sell um so go to vapor.com and use that code grow bud yourself 20 we really appreciate them and uh yeah thanks to dj shock and winstrong thanks to my my co-host and uh producer mike g and uh thanks to you guys for listening patreon supporters youtube subscribers all the people who uh who support us all all on all the all the platforms facebook instagram twitter uh i don't know what else we're on but i guess linkedin maybe anyway uh <laughs> check out patreon.com slash danny danko there's some really cool uh um, all our episodes are there, but we also have exclusive content as well for our Patreon subscribers uh, that we sometimes release eventually uh, to the general public, but some of that stuff just stays behind those uh, those closed doors. So please support us there. We're at 70 or so Patreons now. When we get to 100, we're giving away uh, the Banana Brothers um uh, electric rolling machine that makes perfect cones every time uh we're gonna pick one of those out of that hundred uh to receive that just you know as a gift for us reaching 100 patreons so please help us uh and be one of those hundred that are eligible for that and uh, yeah thank you and uh you know keep supporting us spread the word uh and keep it green i say let's put it in the books